Um, going right into the Word, Esther chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. It says, Then thus came every, every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went, and on the morrow the return into the second house of the women to the custody of Shashkez, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she was called by name. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who was taken for her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Aharius, into his royal house royal, into the tenth month, which is the month to Beth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight, more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. For the next few minutes, I would like to preach submission for the full favor. Submission for the full favor, and you may be seated. So the king was looking for a new queen because he, would, he was calling for Queen Vashti to come and be with him. He was, he was having this party, and so he had the chamberlains go and fetch her. And they, when they got to her and said that he was summoning her to come and be with him, she said no. She, she did not listen to what the king had ordered for her. And so he did not like this. And the king turned to other princes throughout the land, and the princes talked to the king, and they talked him into uh, making a king's decree that Vashti, Vashti would no longer be the queen, but they would try to go and find another woman that would uh, be suitable for the job. So the servants go, they search the land, and they bring back women from all over the land that they thought that would be suited for the king. And one of those women's names was Esther. And when they got back to the palace and they were with the chamberlains, it says in verse 12, it says, Now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Aharius, after that she was made twelve months according to the manner of the women. For so there were days of their purifications accomplished, to wit six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors and with the other things for the purifying of the woman." That is a long purification process. A year of six months of one, six months of the other. But there had to be a purification process before they could step before the king. There had to be a purifying of themselves before they could go into the house of the king. And it goes on to say in our opening text where the maids, they, they got to choose whatever they wanted to wear. They got to choose um, what they liked. So every woman chose the things that they thought suited them, the dress, the jewelry, maybe even the perfume but it was what they thought would make them look beautiful before the king. All that they, they, could, they could put on, all that they could wear is what they would go before the king in. But they did not decide to uh, wear what they thought the king would like. They just thought this would make me look good for the king and they will choose me over the other girls. But one by one went in and it says one by one left. But Esther realized 
that the king had his own fashion, that he had his own thought about how the queen should look. And she said, hey, I got Hagar, a chamberlain, the one who knows the king better than anyone else, who knew what the king liked, who knew what his favorite food was, what his favorite outfit was, what he was doing next week or even next year. But she said, okay, Hagar, show me what the king would like. Show me what's going to catch the king's eye. Show me what the king is going to favor. And it goes on to say in 15 where we talked about, but it said that she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed her. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of them that looked upon her. So from the time that she walked out from getting her outfit on to the point of going to the king's house, everyone that saw her, the servants, the chamberlains, maybe even the women that had already been denied, they all favored her. Haggai did a good job. He knew, like I said before, what the king wanted. She was beautiful. She was stunning. But most importantly, when she walked into the king's house, she found favor with the king. It said that she loved him, her above all the other women and found grace and mercy. Amen. So the definition of submission is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. The reason why the women did not get chosen above Esther is because they were putting their own wants and desires above the king's. They were saying that this is what the king will like and he will take me as for what I am. But Esther was saying that I am willing to put my will my desires, my likings to the side, and I'm going to pick up the will and the desires of the king. And in John 3 and 30, it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. We see the scripture a lot, but do we really act upon this scripture? Can we really say that Jesus is the center of it all? It's not, it's, it's not what I want, but it's what he wants. Can we lay down our, our will? Can we say, lay down our burden? And can we fulfill the will of God? This can be hard, but with prayer and fasting and the Word of God, these things can happen because it's hard to give up the things that we want. James 4 and 2 and 3 says, Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. We want what we want. We will do anything we possibly can. People will steal. People will kill. People will save for years to get what they want. But whatever we, we think will work, Whatever we, we think will get us to that, that next step or get us what we desire. Just like the women. They thought that they would never be denied by the king because they thought they looked so good. But when, they, but when we decide to do it God's way, not only do we gain the favor of the king, but the king will also give us the desires as long as we lead, it doesn't lead us away from him. But... We, we, these next two scriptures I'm reading, I feel like we misread these a lot. But it says in Psalms 37, 4 and 5, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Those scriptures sound good. It sounds like, hey, 
if I delight in the Lord, if I live how the Lord wants me to live, then he's going to give me everything that I want. He's going to give me that mansion in Beverly Hills. He's going to give me that Lamborghini that I've always wanted. But that's not it. Because the heart is wicked. The heart wants things that God did not intend for you to have. And God cannot give you the desires that you have that are wicked. But when it says, when we break down this scripture, delight thyself in the Lord. That means that you are aligning your lives with God. You are fulfilling what God wants you to, what he wants you to do. You are enjoying being in the presence of God day by day. You're praying, you're fast, whatever it may be, but you are enjoying your time with God. And after so long of doing that, and your will, and your, uh, will begins to align with God, your desires begin to become the same as the desires of God. And those desires are going to be the desires that God's going to give you because God wants you to have the desires that is going to help you and help this, uh, help with His purpose. But when we align ourselves with God, we will begin to get what God wants us to have. And He will give us the desires of our heart. We, want, we need to make up in our minds that it's not about us and it's not about what we want, but it's about what God wants and what He desires of us. And we need to submit ourselves and put away the pride because pride and pride will keep you from submitting yourself. Pride will keep your flesh at a rise because the pride does not want you to submit yourself. It does not want you to give up your free will. But we need to realize that is not my will to be done, but it's His. We look at Hebrews 13 and 17. It says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Esther had Haggai. Haggai, like I said before, knew the king personally. He, went, he talked with him every day. He walked with him every day. He knew what the king liked. He knew how the king would respond. He knew where the king would be in the palace during the day. He would fulfill tasks that the king would ask of him, and the king would tell him things behind closed doors that no one else would hear. He had a relationship, a personal relationship with the king. And a chamberlain is a confidential servant of the king. A chamberlain is an officer charged with the direction and management of a chamber. And to um, be an example of that, we also have a Haggai. We also have a chamberlain, and that is our pastor and his wife, because they have been called with the direction and the management of God for this church. Like Esther with Haggai, the, past, the definition of a pastor is a shepherd, one that has the care of the flocks, minister of the gospel, who has the charge of the church congregation, whose duty is to watch over the people of his charge and instruct them with their walks with God. We have a pastor that does that. We have a pastor and his wife that do that. They fast. They seek the face of God. They pray for each of us. They pray for this church. They pray for the vision of this church. They do everything. 
for the namesake of the church because they have been given that responsibility. They are the shepherds of this flock. And in Jeremiah 3 and 15, it says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you and with knowledge and understanding. And he not only preaches truth, but he also lives it, and his family does too, because in 1 Corinthians 9 and 14, it says, Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. He has a relationship with God and God has a relationship with him and he gives him ideas and he gives him why the purpose is for what we're going to be doing in the church. That's why we have a church that's starting down in Montgomery because he sees the vision of God. And in Isaiah 55 and 4 it says, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. And we cannot try to force our will to be done in the church because our will is only for ourselves. Our will is only for our glory but when we get submitted to the man of God and we get submitted to the will of God then we are going to be fulfilling the purpose of God and God's going to get the glory and not ourselves and when we're submitted to the man of God listen to what he says listen to his instruction and what he tells us God is going to bless us. God is going to bless this church and this community. Then we will find favor with God. And we will catapult a ch this church into a greater revival than what it's already in. But we cannot allow ourselves to divide the church and the divine will of God. We must align ourselves with the man of God because he has to give an account for us one day. And I hope that account is good and it is not grieving. We must have our mind made up though that we are going to be submitted to the man of God. Amen. James 4 and 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we all know it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We cannot say that we love God and not the man of God. We cannot say we're submitted to God and not submitted to the man of God and vice versa. We can't put all of our trust in just a man, but we also got to put our trust in Jesus. If we are faithful to God, God will be faithful to us. But again, we must submit ourselves to God. And that cannot, and that can, that can be hard again that I say that because our flesh is weak. Our flesh wants things. And sometimes it makes it even harder because we, we pray for God to touch situations and sometimes it doesn't happen when we ask him to do it. But he always does it at the right time because it's in his time. And it always turns out better than what we could have ever imagined it to be. We may not understand what is happening and we may not understand what is going on. But if we have lived long enough living for God, then we know that everything is going to work out for the good. And it always works out better than what we could have ever imagined it being. God does not want us to suffer and he does not want us to fail. And it says that he went to, to create a place for us in heaven that we may join him one day. But one of these days, he's going to call us home. And if we're not submitted to God, how can we say that we've truly lived a holy and righteous life? 
We must be submitted to God. We must fall in love with God. We must want to please God and not ourselves. When we are submitted to God, all we are going to try to do is please Him. We need to act the way God would want us to act. We need to treat people the way He would want us to treat people. When you submit yourselves to God, you die out to your flesh. You die out to your desires of this world. You put away the childish things and you start living the way God had called you to live. Amen. Esther. Esther was a nobody. But when she decided to place the king's desires first instead of hers, her life then forever changed. She had the most powerful man in the land in love with her. He, the king was smitten by her. He wanted to please her in every way possible. He even had feasts and celebrations for her. And it was all because Vashti did not obey him. And there are going to be times where people in the church, they are not going to become submitted to God. And God's going to say, okay, that's fine. If you're not going to be submitted to me, I'm going to find someone else who will. I want to find someone who wants to fulfill my purpose. I want to find someone who wants to please me. I want to spend, find someone that's going to spend time in the prayer room. I want to spend, have someone that wants to fast until they get aligned with me. But it's people who want to have a relationship with me that I am going to bless. If we want to have a relationship with God, then you are going to have to obey and listen to his instruction. That is what submission is. We give up our will to fulfill his. But if we do this, you will also see God will give you favor. He will give you the things that you need. He will not let you perish. He will not forsake you, but he will be there right there making sure that you are taken care of at all times. And in Psalms 34 and 1 through 3, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth that my soul shall make her boast in the Lord her humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together Psalms 103 1 through 2 says bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all of his benefits and then Psalms 151 2 and also 6 says praise you the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. For us to be submitted, we got to be able to see that His cause is greater than our cause because we are not going to become submitted and give up our free will for nothing. But we need to realize how great our God is, how He's all merciful, He's loving, He's powerful, He's all-knowing, and He's everywhere. That's why you can feel Him in the room right now. And what He has to offer is far greater than anything that this world can offer you. We just need to make up in our mind that God that God is king and God is glory and we want to praise him and worship him and serve him for all of our days. I'm willing to change my life to fulfill his will. I'm willing to lay down my will to fulfill his. 
You can, you can have it all. You can take this world, but give me Jesus. He was the first friend we ever had, and he'll be the last friend we ever had. He hears you when no one else does. He loves you when no one else will. He forgave you when no one else forgot you, and he died for you so you could be saved. It should all be about him. There should be no shadow of doubt. If a job is, keep, is keeping you from church, then find a new job. If, you, if you're playing sports, because I went from elementary school all the way up and had scholarships, but if there's a sport that's keeping you from church functions, then you need to quit those. If, you're, if you have a smartphone that's hindering your walk with God, then get you a dumb flip phone if that's what's going to keep you. But we should be desiring the things of heaven. We should be desiring the things of God. We need to be in love with God. We need to be in submission to Him. But our lives need to be about my Father's business. He sacrificed Himself for us. He can... Can anyone in here say that they would do the same? Can anyone in here say that they would sacrifice themselves for the backslider, for the prisoner, for the drug addict, for the person down the road, for the person across from the pew? Would you sacrifice yourself for them? I don't know why God did it for us. I don't know why he loves us so much. But I thank God nonetheless that he does. And the least that we can do is serve him. The least we can do is have him at the center of our life. Think about it. The great creator, the one that created the heavens and the stars, the sun and the moon. He loves you and he desires your time and he wants you. All he wants you to do is be submitted to him. When we are submitted to God, we will put him above everything else. We will put his needs before ours. And I apologize for talking about being submitted and also being in the will so much, but I want this to be burned into our minds. But do you know what being submitted truly is? We can say, yes, I'm submitted. But do we really know what being submitted is? Being submitted to God means that you are willing to, for your free will to be given up. To serve God. You didn't have to be here tonight. You don't have to go to any of the church functions. You don't have to go to prayer. You don't have to go to anything. But when you decide to do that, you are giving up your free will to serve God. You are saying, whatever it takes, whatever you want me to do, whatever you, wherever you want me to go, God, I will do it. If you're submitted, are you willing to pack your bags if God called you to go somewhere? Are you willing to do that and fulfill the, the, the Lord's uh, plan for you at full capacity? When it's all about God, you are submitted and ready at a moment's notice for whatever the task may be. So I ask you today, are we submitted? But when we are submitted to God, God will supply our needs. He wants to supply our needs. And a few weeks ago, Pastor talked about um, how we can't serve God as a transaction. And I know I've talked about if we do this, then he supplies our need. But that shouldn't be the mindset that we have. The mindset should be that it's all about God. I'll do whatever it is. It's, it, we, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. 
but it's about you. We need to get this transaction mentality out of our minds because if God never did another thing for us, He's still worthy of the praise and the glory. He's still the Alpha and Omega. He's still the beginning and the end. There's none like Him. He's the first and the last. He knows the east from the west. He knows the cattle on a thousand hills. His train fills the temple and heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. And like I said before, if He doesn't do another thing for us, then He's already done enough for me. Haman was the king. I mean, Haman was the right-hand man of the king. And he had a plan to kill Mordecai and the Jews. He told the king that there were people that were not listening to the king's laws, and so he had it all uh, planned out how he was going to do it. And so one night, Esther and Mordecai were talking back and forth through a, a chamberlain by the name of Hatak. Hatak was going for, back and forth telling Esther what Mordecai was saying and telling Mordecai what Esther was saying. But Mordecai was telling her what was happening and what his plan was. And Mordecai asked uh, Esther to go to the king, but the king had not called her in over 30 days. And she was afraid of what would happen because she knew that she could not just go before the king. She cannot just go into the, the king's chambers without being announced. But in Esther 5 and 2 it says, And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, that she obtained favor in the sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. It says the king held out to Esther the golden scepter. He held out a lifeline. Queen Esther knew she was, she was risking her life when she was going to, before the king, when she was going into the throne room. She knew that it was a capital offense for even a queen to go to the throne room not being invited, and that the, only the king could summon her if, he would, if uh, she wanted to come. And she knew that only with the golden scepter would she not be put to death. And it says, however, that the king did extend his golden scepter, and he did ask, what is thy petition? If we can see this as ourselves, this is us coming to God, the king of kings. One does not have to be a queen however for whosoever will revelations 22 and 17 says in the spirit of the bride can say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that is thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely the lord says to those who come in faith in faith believing and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The invitation is for whosoever will, and the promise is for whatsoever. So we can come boldly into the throne room, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. But the king was not upset when she came in, but he was delighted to see her. It says that, he, that she found favor in his sight, and she asked if she could make a request to him and she was and he said of course what is it I want to I want to please you what would it be so she asked that they have a dinner and that Haman would be invited so the news got back to Haman and Haman was excited he was ready to come he thought that he was going to just be praised and so he's getting ready, but while he's getting ready, he is also having the gallows made that he was going to kill Mordecai and all the Jews from. And when the feast came, the king was just so anxious. He was like, Queen Esther, what is it? What is the request that you wanted? What is it? 
And so he be, she begins to tell him. But then she says in verse 6 of chapter 7, it says, And Esther said, The adversary, the enemy, is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And king, the king did not question Esther. He did not ignore Esther. But, she, but he went out and he was trying to figure out what he was going to do to him. And, she, and uh, Haman went to the queen and fell down at her feet and was begging her, Please, don't let this happen. But it says in 9 and 10, And Harbinah, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Those gallows were not meant for Haman. They were meant for Mordecai and the Jews. But how ironic is it that the gallows that he had to kill them was the same very gallows that he died upon. Because Esther found favor with the king. He did not question her. He did not doubt her. He did not ignore what she had to say. But because Haman threatened his queen and her people, he stepped in. She confronted the wicked Haman and did something the first king of Israel could not do. King Saul, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, had failed to get rid of Agag, who was the king of the Amalekites. And, and Haman was a descendant of the Agagites, nearly causing the destruction of the Jews. But a young and obedient queen, a descendant of Benjamin, accomplished a task that a king could not. When we favor, when we have favor, there is not a situation and there is not someone that can stand before us and win. God will not allow it. And in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We can petition God and God will meet our needs because he wants us to be treated or to be taken care of. Philippians 4 and 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply our needs. God want, doesn't want us to worry because he's got it all in control. And if, he does, and if he doesn't answer a prayer, maybe it's because he wanted you to go through that storm or you weren't supposed to have it. But we all know that God loves us, that God wants us to be taken care of, that he wants us to come to the house of God, that he wants us to be obedient to him and trust in him and love him. That's why he died on the cross for us. He gave us the chance for the greatest gift of, that man could ever have. He gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. He called, he called us for such a time as this. But we must be submitted for the full favor. If the music can come, I'm almost done. But Esther could have been like all the other girls that day. And she could have said, hey, this, this dress... It looks good. I like that one. I, I think I might pick that. That, that perfume, I, I, I think I like that. But no, Hagar, he told her, this is what you're going to wear. And she may have thought, eh, this isn't really my style. This isn't really what I would like. But if it's what the king likes, then that's what the king's going to get. Again, Hagar was a chamberlain. And he knew what the king liked. He knew what the king favored. 
And again, our pastor is like that hey guy. He walks with God every day, prays with God every day, studying the word of God every day, fasting when he needs to be in line with God. And God gives him thoughts and visions for this church. And we need to be able to trust in our pastor, asking, what is it that you would want me to do? What is it that God would want me to do? What can I do to help you? Because if we want the full favor of God, we must be submitted to the man of God and we must be submitted to God. Whether it's something we want to hear or not, sometimes God, sometimes pastor will have to either tell us correction or whatever it may be. But we just need to realize that it's not for us to feel bad. It's not for us to become angry at pastor, but it's for correction. And it's for us to also be in line with what God would want us to be. How can we say again, how can we say again that we are submitted to God and not submitted to the man of God? And how can we submit, be submitted to the man of God and not to God? But we should all be submitted for the full favor of God because his benefits are unending. His love is unending. His joy is unending. And we, get, we can bask in his presence at all times. Why wouldn't we want to be submitted to that? Why would we want to be submitted to a world that just gives you grief? It gives you sorrow. It gives you nothing but despair. But with God, there's everlasting joy. If we can at this time, if we can stand, I'm done. Whether it's at the altar or at your seat, I don't know if we can truly say we're submitted or if we're not. But if we can, can we resubmit ourselves to God tonight? Can we, make, can we consecrate ourselves to the Lord tonight and say, God, it's been too long, but Lord, I'm submitting myself to you tonight. Let your will be done in my life in the name of Jesus.